This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Hey everybody and welcome to this edition of Let's Talk Adults. I'm Jim Williams and with us today, of course, our co-host, the amazing Glenn King. Glenn, opening thoughts, my friend, and please take the time to introduce us to our special, iconic guest. Uh, Greetings, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Adults. As he said, I am Glenn King, here to bring you into the age of adult entertainment enlightenment. We educate you on what it is that makes this industry special, what goes on behind the scenes, and give you great advice for all of you trillions of people, uh, the 99% of the the world who's thinking about getting into porn or making your own porn or just enjoying porn. So, uh, Jim, great news today about our guest. Let me give you a little bit of background here because – People don't realize one of the the um, things on my resume is that I, I think I was the first ever male radio host on Playboy Radio, and people have said, "Well, how did that happen?" What happened was I was a a guest back in maybe t- two thousand five. I'm going to say on uh, Christy Canyon's radio show. It was Christy Canyon and Tiffany Granith, and the second time I came back, I was supposed to have two girls with me. And neither of them showed up that day. Uh, it was uh, it was Miss Crystal White and Taylor St. Clair. And for some reason, neither of them could make it. So I'm sitting there in the little Playboy cafeteria. I got to explain to the, the manager there that, well, I, I'm by myself. I'm so sorry. And he said, well, get somebody else. His name is Farrell Hirsch. He said, get, get somebody else then to, to show up. I'll give you some time. Just call whoever you can so you can have a girl come on with you. And I called everybody I knew. I couldn't get anybody else to come on with me. And Farrell relented and just decided uh, for a very rare thing, he would just they would just interview me by myself. And I came on and we had so much fun. There was such an instant bond between me and and Christy Canyon that I ended up being like the most frequent guest on the show. Farrell actually called me the Uncle Arthur of guests. <laughs> you get that reference, uh, Jim? Yeah, I yeah, do. It's a Bewitched reference. Right. Uh, the most frequent guest on Bewitched was was Uncle Arthur. Um, <laughs> and then when they actually had so, – so then when they, they had their last day on the air, when they were moving from XM to Sirius or the show was coming to an end before it got reinvented – each host got to bring in her own uh, favorite guest, and Tiffany Granith brought in her her husband, the uh, the great uh, uh, Norty, uh, Brad Norton, 
And Christy brought in me. I was so honored. And we had such a great time that day. But that actually led to me getting my own show and then having a show on Playboy Radio and then Vivid Radio and then on my own little network and then today. So that's that's the special bond that started between me and Christy Canyon. And I'm thrilled that she's willing to come on the air with us today and talk about her life and, and talk about the industry. She is an icon, as you say. She is an accomplished author. She is what many people call the GOAT, the, the greatest of all time amongst porn stars. She <laughs> is also the GOAT of radio hosts, the greatest of all time of adult industry radio hosts. She's just fucking awesome. All right. So with that, I give you one of the greatest of all time, the great Christy Canyon. What an intro. And you cleared something up for me. I did not understand what goat was. And somebody last week, <laughs> two weeks ago in Jersey, put the photo that he got of him and I at the Jersey Expo. And he said, my favorite goat. And I'm thinking, okay, it's not a milf. It's not a gilf. I'm like, I'm, I'm out of guesses here. Greatest of all time. And I just said, thank you on my tweet back because I didn't want to seem like dumb and out of the loop <laughs> on, you know, the new words that people are using. I figured it was good, but I had no idea what it was. So thank you, Glenn, for clearing that up. <laughs> there you go. Not that I'm the greatest on translating the language of today um, these days, but <laughs> I do know that one. Uh, you yeah. left out, in my opinion, in my personal life, Glenn, a very, very significant uh, popping my cherry with face sitting. I had no <laughs> idea what it was because yeah. I had quit making films in like 98 and then I was on the road for a few years dancing still and I wrote my book and then I come back on radio and within that four or five year window, it was a new world in the adult world. It was, you know, the internet took over and the gonzo came about and, and it, it, different specialty, you know, niche kind of uh fetishes and one of them was face sitting and i'm like well what is face sitting i have no idea so you taught me what it was only you forgot to tell me that if you tap on my tushy that means get up so i'm like talking to tiffany and I'm, god this is fun and i feel he's i'm like oh and he's massaging my booty to boot next thing i know he like pushes me off i think i did a somersault across the room and you're like that was the tap out and i'm like what's the tap out you're like, when I can't breathe, I'm like, oh, whoopsie-daisy. I had no idea what a tap-out was, but I learned a good lesson that day that I still talk about it when it comes up on Vivid. I remember that very vividly. Yes, yes, I remember that. You know, fetishes, that was – it was an interesting time in the industry because prior to that, you had to get a DVD or, an, or a VHS tape, actually, if you wanted you know, to watch adult entertainment – and that means you got everything. You didn't really get to pick out just the specific parts or fetishes you wanted. So then all of a sudden the internet came around and people could say, well, I, I never, I didn't want to buy a whole video just to get to the foot worship or to the face sitting. And, and you know, they could, they could just go to a website with just foot worship or just buy a clip with just those things or just face it. And so it was so great back then to explore those things uh, with you and on your show and sort of learn, well, what are all these things? And why is it even, I mean, I literally had to actually explain to Jimmy, my um, production manager yesterday, what's the thrill of face sitting and why, and how that's different from 69, for example, that right. guys like to right. be smothered and you're helpless and you can't breathe. 
and the girl's rubbing, you know, her, her ass on your face. And, and it's like, it's a whole different world uh, as opposed to 69, where you're just giving each other pleasure. Uh, it's so true. And you know, who still calls my vivid radio show probably weekly is another huge face sitter who I think you might remember the name from the Playboy days, Harry Palm. <laughs> yeah, he called my show quite a few times. I always liked hearing from him. I know. I do, too. A few of them have dropped away, but Harry Palm and sometimes Emperor Binky will call. A few of those guys yeah. still call in here and there. Lon. And, and Lon is still calling in? Oh, Sweet Pea Sweet calls Pea. in minimum yeah. twice a week. Yes, Sweet <laughs> Pea called in today. I had beautiful, uh, sexy Karen Fisher on, mm. and he mm. loves his Karen. Yep. Oh, yeah. They still, I just love those people. They are so great. What fun times we had. And then Nikki came on board, and oh, just, you know, it was just so much fun. Uh, Nikki Hunter. Yes, Nikki Hunter was my uh, makeup artist and sometimes uh, was doing camera for me and was actually I think I did a press release in like 2007 or 2008 saying she was my contract star of Mean Bitches. And then she ended up working at the station with us. So you, me and Nikki and then Nikki ends up renting a house from you. And then one of the great stories of all time, you get a phone call from the police or, or explain to me what happened with the curb painting. Oh my God. So, so when Nikki and I first started renting or first started working on, on radio together, it had to be about eight years ago and she was going through a divorce and she had to move and she's like, what am I going to do? I have nowhere to live. And I said, well, I got this little goofy house. I mean, it's, on a busy street. It hasn't been really updated in 30 years, being tented right now for termites. And she said, great, how much? And I gave it, you know, not much at all. And I said, but you know, it's being tented. You can't move in for like 48 hours. She's like, well, when does the tent come off? I said, I think about six o'clock tonight. Great. Can I move in at seven? And I said, well, I think that there's probably fumes in it. She's like, no, I'm fine. I won't get affected. So yeah. she moves in. Fumes still in there, I'm sure. She's such a great tenant. Been there eight years. But at one point about five years ago, maybe, no, probably was six years ago, I get a call from the cops and they said, Christy, do you have a house at blah, 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 blah. And I said, yes. Did it burn down? Like, you know, it's only a matter of time before it falls over. And she said, no, but is your tenant this? I said, yes. She said, well, she has been caught painting the curb (laughs) of the sidewalk right outside the house. She is putting in red lines, like just a couple inches wide, not like doing the whole sidewalk, but like your tenant, Christy, is making her own parking spaces <laughs> in front of that house. Your own fire zone. No, you can't park here. It's for ambulances. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll take care of it. She's like, you better or we're going to fine you. So I called Nikki. I'm like, Nikki, are you painting the city-owned curbs outside of the house? And she said, well, yes, people park horribly on the street. And when I get home at night, I want my own special spot in front of the street because the garage is full of my stuff. I haven't unpacked yet. And I said, but we don't own the curb. The city owns the curb, and the the cops are going to come after me. You you can't be painting on the curb there. She's like, but Christy, people don't park. There's like three feet in between each car. I want to let them know that they could park in the lines. And I said, but Nikki, that's not our curb. It belongs to the city of Los Angeles. And she eventually had to get rid of it, but it was like, I I love her for thinking that she could paint her own lines on the curb in front of her house because people weren't parking properly. Dang it. 
Damn it. I heard the best part was that the cops actually caught her twice on that one. Like they sh- they noticed she was down there painting. They said, you can't do that. They drove away after she said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then they were smart enough I to forgot. come back and check. And then she had already decided, well, they're gone. So there's nothing they could do now. <laughs> and I think it even went a step further when they came back. It was a female cop. And she said, by the way, which one's your car? And Nikki <laughs> said, that one. And the cop said, you mean the one with the expired tag six months ago? <laughs> <laughs> Law-abiding citizen. All right. Let's... She said, if I don't see those tags next time I drive by up to date, I'm impounding that car. And then I think a few days later, the car caught on fire on the way to Playboy. Remember, there was like a big bonfire. <laughs> Oh, God, I hadn't heard that one. That's great. But that sounds typical, Nikki. I do remember that car. And by the way, I during one of those car problems, I lent her my uh, SUV, and it came back with like a giant scrape down the side. Like that. I love her. She's awesome. She is so great. But, oh, my God, those stories are so funny that is just it's one of those like what was it like the Munsters house it just and yet it's still standing and she's still living there I'm thinking god some nice eight condos would be so beautiful on that lot but you know what are you gonna do you're a saint you could have you have, I'm sure you could have burned that place down and uh sold it for a lot of money all right, let's go. Let's actually uh, let's sort of go through your history a little bit here. And by the way, people, you can listen to her on uh, Vivid Vivid Radio, which is uh, it's on yes. Sirius XM still. And yes. um, and then what time is your show? Uh, it's channel four fifteen on Sirius XM, and my show is from twelve to one Pacific Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Yeah. So, and everyone, you want to check that out for two reasons. A, if you're a fan of adult entertainment, you get the best interviews in the business. And B, if you are an up and coming podcaster like myself and you want to learn um, the way, the right ways to interview and the right ways to describe what you're seeing, you listen to Christy. She's the best of all time. Okay. So thank you. You're very welcome. So I'm going to just, let's just go back in history a little bit. By the way, people who are listening, Christy and I could talk for like months at a time here. So we're going to do our best to cram as much information that's good and entertaining in 45 minutes here. (laughs) We'll try. Um, So you wrote a book called Lights, Camera, Sex. It's a fantastic book. I've read it, of course, many times. Um, So I recall you started in the business answering an ad from good old Jim South. And uh, so what happened with that? What did you think you were getting into? No, 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 it was not that. I met a guy in Hollywood when I was living in Hollywood, and I had an MG midget that was always breaking down, and I was waiting for my girlfriend to pick me up on, like, the corner of Orchid and Franklin, and this guy, Greg Rome, for those of you who remember in the mid-'80s, Greg Rome, beach blonde, buff, tan, muscular, pulls up in this, like, white Trans Am with that gold eagle on the hood, the T-tops are off. Yeah. so 80s. And he's like, hey, pretty lady, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm waiting for my friend. So I go to sit in his car to wait for her, and he shows me a hustler. He's like, you could be a figure model. And I'm thinking, oh, I do have nice hands, I've been told, or, you know, my neck is quite nice. 
And I'm like, really? Like my feet? And that means like, no, figure modeling is, is without clothes on. And then he pulls out a hustler that he's in from his back seat, and he's got it like all paper clipped, his little, you know, spread with <laughs> Lisa, De, Lisa Delano, I think the name was. A, a uh, pretty, pretty, you. Pretty, uh, it was like uh, a brunette. Yeah. It was a brunette oh. girl, not the redhead. Oh, okay. Um, Crystal Breeze, Crystal Breeze. I think I think her oh. real name was Lisa. I went to high school with her. But anyway, Crystal Breeze, wow. and it was like a beautiful hustler layout where that you know the the you know what is like three inches from her mouth, and it's like that little beach setup. There's a beach ball and a, a boom box, and you know like a total set that made it look like they were at the beach, but there was no water and no sand in sight. You know, like a palm tree was pulled into the picture. And I thought, oh, my God, nude, I couldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like every girl, I hear that same story now. I couldn't do that. And But he gave me Jim South's card, and he said, if you ever want to, you know, get into this, it's just magazines, you're just naked, it's not even sex, blah, 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 call this guy. And I always saved that card. I never threw it out. And I was working two jobs. I was 18, like always had like $3 to my name. And I remember one night I'm like getting those bills, like past due, your phone's going to be turned off, your rent's due, blah, blah. And I called Jim South. It was like 11 o'clock at night, got the machine and left the message. He called back early the next morning. I went in that same day and the rest is history. Okay, hold on a second. We gotta go back on something. So, Crystal Breeze, you go on a set, a porn set one day, and you're like, "Hey, Lisa, from high school." No, no, I didn't go on a set, but I saw her in that magazine. I was like, "God, Greg, I think I went to high school with this girl." (laughs) That's great. But that did it did happen though, where I was on a Ron Vogel box cover shoot. Ron Vogel was a huge photographer back in the eighties. And they used to take a day to do our box cover photos, even before the movie was shot. So I go to the box cover shoot at Ron Vogel's studio, which was also his house. And this girl in the makeup mirror, she got her head over. And Alexis, the makeup artist, is like teasing the girl's hair, you know, because we used to have that total 80s hairdo. And this girl in the makeup chair flips her hair back, and we lock eyes in the mirror. And I'm like, Gina? And she was from middle school, which was then called junior high school, and it was a girl in the business, Gina Valentina, for whoever remembers that name from the mid-'80s era. But if you look up, if you Google, like, you know, the classic golden age girls, Gina Valentina, she was on the box cover of Night of Loving Dangerously with me. But so that did two girls that I went to middle school or high school with ended up in the adult business in an era, don't forget, when it was very taboo. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing and hilarious and wild that you, you run into these people. Um, now, there was a, a story mentioned in your book that sort of goes back to the, you know, so now we're in the Me Too era where a lot of women are coming forward and saying these bad things happened to me when I was on a Hollywood set or a lot of them even porn sets. But one of your first times out ended up being kind of a Me Too thing, right? You know what? That's not exactly, but I did go to shoot a loop. Jim South, who I love and adore, sent me out to do what they called a loop, L-O-O-P. I was 18. I didn't know what a loop was, and I was only doing magazines. And so I show up, and it happened to be a beautiful house in the Hollywood Hills that was owned later on 
by Billy Idol. So I show up at the shoot, and there's, like, these trucks, like, taking out reels of film and cameras, and all of a sudden I get this feeling like something's wrong here. I park, I go in, and it turns out, long story short, a loop was what they call, like, a gonzo scene now. No real dialogue, no script. Get in there, say a couple lines, and get down to the sex. But I knew that's the thing. Like, and I called Jim, and I'm like, Jim, this isn't a photo layout. It's a loop. It's like video. And he's like, Well, it's just one scene with Ron Jeremy, and then you're out of there. You get paid double, which was, let's say, four hundred dollars. We're not talking like thousands here back in the day. And I don't even consider it a me too because I had every right to get up and walk out. I chose to stay. I am so. I believe that there are definitely me too victims out there. But I think that for all the ones that are legit, there's a lot of ones that might not be so legit but that was not a me too that was uh, I don't want to say tricked because it all worked out for the better but that was probably one of those times in my life that I was like do I leave do I stay this is going to change my life forever and it did change my life but thankfully it changed it for the greatest um, so it wasn't a me too but it was a little bit of a sneaking you know well get her on the set she, will, she probably won't turn down the $400 that kind of thing and then, you know what, then I went to a set like three days later for Paradise Visuals, and I loved it. The first time, I was scared to death. Second time I showed up, and it was with, like, Tracy Lords and Ginger Lynn and Peter North, and I was like, this is amazing. I get to have sex with these beautiful, like, 18-year-olds. I love this business. First time I was scared, but I think a lot of it was, like, I knew my life was never going to quite be the same again. But it definitely wasn't a me, too. It was just a... Uh, kind of thought that I was going to a photo shoot turned out to be a loop which was basically a video scene at the you know for Cavalero Swedish erotica number 57 to be exact but you know what it <laughs> all turned point. out beautifully and I'm so glad it did for you um you know and I, I always love your attitude about the business um so what was a typical set like back then so different than today right Oh, my God. I mean, I'm assuming from what I hear from the girls that come on my Vivid radio show, it's different. But back then, you would show up at 8 or 9, probably 9, and people actually showed up. You know what I mean? (laughs) Grandmas didn't die for the fifth time, whatever. We showed up because we wanted to be there. And you show up, and there's catering. I'd get there two hours early just for the free breakfast. It was, you know, we all liked each other. We would laugh. We would have fun together. Then you'd go into hair and makeup. Then you'd go in the bathroom. You'd use your douche or your enemas if you were doing, you know, the fleet if you were doing an, an A scene, da da da. Then you'd do your scene. Somebody else would do a scene. You'd stick around for lunch that was catered or delivered. Then you'd do another scene. I mean, we were there for maybe eight to ten hours a day. But we loved it. It was fun. It was family. It was just this wonderful feeling being on an adult set. It really was. You know, what's a big difference is that today, you know, the the girls in my latest title, you know, let's say it's Mercedes Carrera <laughs> and Julie Cash, and whatever. They don't meet each other. They I filmed four scenes on four different days. <laughs> you, you actually, you knew all of the girls that were in the same video as you, right? I mean, you got to spend time Every, with them. Yeah. Every single one of them and love them. I mean, really like them all. I got along with everybody, and everyone got along pretty much. Well, let's put that to the test. We're going to ask you about some of the performers that you worked with back in the day. But first, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, Blue Chew. Jim, here's a question for you. 
Yes, sir. So the number one most frequently asked question that we get in our show email is, how do I get into the entertainment, the adult entertainment industry? But what's the second most frequently asked question? How in the hell does a 50-year-old man perform like <laughs> you do in this Right. People want to know how I do it. I am 50 years old. I perform in adult videos. And I also am the guy that spends all the money to hire the crew and pay for the sets and pay for the talents. So if I fail to perform, we lose all our money that day. And But, but to date, I have never failed. And the reason is Blue Chew. Just so you understand out there, people, Blue Chew did not come to us and say, can I uh, sponsor your webcast? Uh, your podcast, uh, I went to Blue Chew and told them, I am a customer of yours. Your product is a, a big reason for my success. I firmly believe in it, and I can prove to people that it works because people can watch my videos and see it in action. And so I want to tell you guys about Blue Chew and give you a special offer. Now, Blue Chew is at bluechew.com, so that's uh, like the color blue, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. And... Um, what they do is they bring you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You take them anytime, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So there you go. I mean, you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises, and it works. And they're made in the United States, and since they prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And I know firsthand how much cheaper than a pharmacy they are. I was spending $400 uh, every time I wanted to go get some Cialis from the pharmacy, and now I'm getting it for a lot cheaper over at Blue Chew. It's prescribed online. All you do is you go to their website, you explain to them your uh, uh, symptoms of erectile dysfunction, or you know if you want to put it in a better way, why you need the the uh, the products. Uh, a pharmacist or a doctor reviews it, and bam, it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. Comes in like a little envelope. So you don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to wait for the in the pharmacy. <laughs> no more awkwardness. So you guys out there, if you want to perform like me, I mean, most of you are younger than me, or even the ones that are older than me. You can all perform like me, uh, and you can do it with our deal. We got a deal for our listeners. You go to BlueChew.com, and you're going to get your first shipment of the products uh, which, again, use the same ingredients as FDA-approved Cialis and Viagra, you're going to get your first shipment free. <laughs> How about a better oh, deal? Than, you can't get a better deal than that. That's a hard one to beat. <laughs> right. It's a hard one to beat. Use our special promo code ADULT, A-D-U-L-T. You're going to get the product for free. You're just going to pay the $5 for shipping. So, again, that's BlueChew.com. Use the promo code ADULT. Try it for free. Blue Chew, better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them so much for sponsoring the podcast. Take it from me. Watch me in action. It works. Okay, and by the way, you're listening to Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and Jim Williams and our special, special guest, the legendary Christy Canyon. All right, let's do a little uh, lightning round of 80s performers then. I will throw out some names and you give me your thoughts real quickly, okay? Yes. Okay, if you hate somebody and you don't want to say it, you can just say pass. Uh, okay. Ginger, Ginger Lynn. Love her so much. I'm going to spend Thanksgiving with her in, in next week. I'm going up to see her. Excellent. Wonderful. Uh, Peter North. Love her. Oh, a God. Not only is he beautiful, but he's a nice human being. He's wonderful. The master of pop shots. 
Uh, yes. Okay, let's get a little harder now. Erica Boyer. She was fabulous. She was the first girl that I ever put a, a toy up inside her rear end, and I found it fascinating that I could do that. Like, I was amazed at how easily that toy went in and out of her. I loved her. I loved her. She was very, very nice, very professional, loved her. Not one bad thing to say about her. All right. This next one, I'm not going to let you get away with just saying she's fabulous. One of my all-time favorites, but I've heard a lot of that she was very challenging on sets, was Samantha Strong. You know what? I never worked on a set with her. She came in, she was like late 80s. When I came back in the business, I met her. We got our makeup done together in a hotel room by Alexis at the VSDA show that used to happen. She was very sweet. I never worked with her, though. I never was on set with her, but I have nothing but, I mean, she was very pleasant. The couple, you know, a couple of times I ran into her at shows or parties. Nothing bad to say. I don't know her very well, but she's huh? beautiful, if that counts. Oh, yeah, outstandingly beautiful. Just, just you know, somebody that really jumps off the page, uh, did good porn scenes. But I, I had asked a lot of people, and everybody was like, well, a lot of drugs, you know, a lot of, lot of issues with her in terms of unable to maintain sobriety. And, and that was something that was relatively common back then, right? I mean, there were more drugs sort of floating around out in the open as opposed to today where they're kind of hidden behind closed doors. False. I, in all my years in adult films, only one director ever offered me drugs. Whether they brought them on set, and I said yes, by the way, whether they brought them on set and hid them, I don't know, but no way. I can say on my life, no one except for one time brought drugs out on set and did them on set. Maybe they had them in their car. Don't forget, back in the 80s, it was illegal to begin with. So not only would we get busted from the cops for making adult films, but you didn't want to get caught with drugs on you as well. We were lucid. I don't remember anyone being drunk, nothing. But you make a great point in that one of the big differences from when David Christopher was in his prime is that it, it wasn't illegal. By then they'd had the Freeman versus whatever case in California, which sort of legalized porn in um, – Al Friedman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, just a few more names then. Ron Jeremy. I know you're going to say good things about good old Ron. I love that man. He, to date, we still go out and hang out together. I absolutely adore him. He's such a funny guy. Whenever we go out, I don't care where we go, a concert, a movie, a club, a restaurant, a diner, they mow me down to get a picture with him. And they'll be like, hey, you, can you take a picture of, of the legend in me? And I'm like, you know, puffing up my hair, smiling. Sure. And I look and they're like hugging Ron Jeremy. Hey, take the picture, woman. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Now, I is love he, him. I think is he's he narcoleptic. Do you know, narcolepsy is like the, the disease where you just fall asleep randomly from time to time. Every time I've been somewhere with him, and, and by the way, I've been to lots of, I've hung out with him. <laughs> I've had sex with girls together with him, like me and him and another girl in my backyard. And yet he never remembers me from time to time. And that's okay. <laughs> but, he is but he's so also funny. kind of like, he falls asleep just randomly. Is that something he, he, he really does? He does. He falls asleep all the time. You know, Rebecca Bardot and I went to a love party her. with him at the Rainbow. I love her. We went to a party. It was like Labor Day or something a few months ago. And it was a big, like, parking lot music and drinks. And then there's the restaurant. And so we were sitting in the restaurant with that deaf girl in the business, Savannah, who's very, very sweet. Savannah and Jane. This, yeah. This, 
Yes, I love her. So this lady, it's her birthday or whatever, and she has her birthday cake. And Rebecca's like, oh, my God, I want a piece of that. I'm going to go over and ask her if I could have a little piece. We didn't know this lady. And the lady's like, no, it's my birthday. It's my cake. So Rebecca Bardot kind of like, you know, slumps back. She's like, she said I couldn't have any. So then Ron <laughs> Jeremy comes to our table. And I'm like, Ronnie, go ask that lady for a piece of cake. So he goes over there and he's like, hello, I'm Ron Jeremy. And charms her, you know, says a few jokes. She gave him a huge piece of cake. And then he's like looking at her and he's like, watch this. And he goes to flip the plate and try and catch the cake piece before it falls on the ground, which of course he didn't. And it fell on the ground. She's like, Oh, Ron, have another piece. We couldn't get a damn piece of that cake no matter what. Ron gets two pieces. <laughs> That's who he is. He gets special treatment everywhere he People goes. love that man, including me. Uh, you know, this is something people on the outside totally don't understand because he went through some problems recently where people – from the outside, we're accusing him of being gropey and grabby and, and, you know, saying he's inappropriate. And this is what you got to understand. Wherever he goes, women ask him, sign my boobs, grab my boobs, grab yeah. my butt, do this, do this. And so it's just part of his life. That's who he is. He's a walking, living icon of porn. And so, yeah, so you can't get mad at him when somebody when you see him groping somebody. And by the way, some of the time the, the the accusations that I heard, like I remember somebody pulled up a picture of him from a show, like X Biz Award Show or Avian Award Show. So yeah, here he is on the carpet, uh, the red carpet, groping so and so girl. And it's like, but you didn't even ask that girl if she wanted to be groped because she. I know that girl. I can't remember who it was, but she was a very grabby, gropey person herself. And in our you industry, know, it's really part of the culture. It is. And there's something about those shows. There's something about those shows. There's sex in the air. You can see the sex. You can smell the sex. Yeah. I walk by a hot girl and I'll grab her ass. ass oops, her, her buns. It's just part of that wonderful, sexy atmosphere that we're all in. But it's a different time now, and I think it's a crying shame that he can't go to the shows anymore. I think it, it, it's just so, – it's a sad statement when some girls, cam girls, who started these accusations then went on to work for Evil Angel and had accusations there too. Um, it's just a sad statement that he was guilty before proven innocent. He's a horn dog. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He will be grabby, but he's certainly no – you know, he's not going to force himself on you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't totally know the story of the cam girls, but I, that is something I'm making a note on. I want to try to get uh, some information about that for a future show. Um, I'll text you the name of the girl that really kicked up. And she's a nice girl. I've had her on my show. She was not allowed to talk about Ron for legalities because he's not guilty in a court of law, so we can't talk about it. But with that being said, I love Ron. I think he is a horn dog. I think he is you know, horny as can be. He would, you know, a tailpipe if he had to. But he's not going to force himself inside anybody. I just, and the stories I've read are ridiculous. Yeah, I hear you. All right. So, again, everybody, you're listening to Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and Jim Williams and our guest, Christy Canyon. Um, okay, before I get into some things you're doing today, Jim, you have a question. <laughs> Actually, just a quick one. Um, Christy, the the porn of the 80s, right? 
there was yeah. there was an elegance to it, and I and a and a a texture to it that that has gone from the business now. What do you think caused that? Me. Oh, how um how you had to actually like work for your adult material accessible. And I think that when you have to work for things in this world, be it paying for your college, be it paying your own rent, when you have to work for something in this world, you appreciate it more. And for all the work you did to meet us, going to the strip club, going to the video store, standing in line for two hours, you weren't going to be mean to us when you finally met us. It's so easy to be mean to girls now. There was a classiness to it. There was a comfort in it. There was um, a mystique about us because we couldn't wake up and text you or, you know, sex panther you or or tweet you and, you know, good morning, everybody. I just woke up. I'm eating breakfast. <laughs> it, like there was something yeah. so private about us. We were like these like fantasy girls that weren't really real. We didn't get on Twitter wars with people. Everything was beautiful. And it really was actually. And that's why feature dancing was so humongous back then, too. Is because it was kind of our only way to meet you. And I remember meeting you for the first time at Caligula over there in Dallas. Oh, my gosh. Caligula 21. And I love that club. Don and and Nick owned it. They were so nice. And then it burned down eventually. But I loved that club. It was so much fun. But I think that that's why there's a difference now. And now it's such a business. Now there are thousands of girls coming in and out of that door. When you had maybe two dozen back in the 80s, it was such a small knit vibe to it. Uh, yeah, and you know what? I'll also point out that back then directors came from film school and, and a lot of them actually came from mainstream, right? And nowadays the, the barriers to entry, like anybody can, can go get a $200 camera or start filming with an iPhone. And right. boom, you're a porn director. But but back then, you actually had to be an authentic porn director. And you know what I think? What else? The world, the world itself was just more innocent back in that time. It really was. It was such an innocent time in life. And now it's still great, and we're alive, and the world is great. But it, the, the innocence is kind of gone now. Uh, I agree as well. Um, all right. Well, let's keep going here. So celebrities. So you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned Jethro this morning. I forgot all about that. You dated Jethro from the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, my God. I did. I met him back in the mid-'80s at Jim South's office. I mean, you know, come to find out he loved us girls with the big old natural hooters. That was his thing. And you know what? He was adorable. Jethro, Max Bear Jr., was so adorable he was good looking i really enjoyed i mean we went out for maybe three months kind of a thing i was certainly in in no you know position to want to get serious with anybody but he was fun he was so much fun to date he was he was kinky in bed he you know he, he loved talking about like other guys like watching me with other guys and i mean i was still 18 i wasn't that experienced so for a guy to be inside of me and doing me and like talking about like three other guys and even though i was in porn it was like well i do that on my films but i've never done that in my personal life at that point so he was fun and i learned a lot about sex from him that is awesome what other celebrities did you meet back then 
God, I was such a chuckle fucker. I <laughs> loved having sex with the comedians. I would go to the comedy store with my roommate, Karen, every Friday and Saturday, and we racked up our notches with comedians from that era, those great comedians. Um, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, Robin Williams, Sam Kinison, um, Oh, God, a really funny Mexican guy. I, it's not George Lopez, of course. Uh, Paul Rodriguez. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which he was big in that day. We had every comedian coming, you know, coming into our, our condo, and we would tag team them all. A lot of comedians. A <laughs> lot of comedians. Even the up-and-comers. I was like, come one, come all. Let's just get them all. It was so it was so much fun. Then I kind of like graduated to like the rockers in the 90s. The rockers. Just one slash from Guns N' Roses, and he was fabulous. Nice. Oh, wait, Brett, not, not Brett Michaels, Dee Dee. Was it Dee Dee? Dee uh, Dee Snyder? Uh, Dee Snyder? Who? Dee Snyder, no. Twisted Sister? Oh, okay. No, Victoria Paris fucked him. Who was <laughs> I with? Um, not the one, not uh, Brett Michaels. Who was the sidekick in that group? Uh, Brett Michaels was Poison, I think, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget that. the guy's name. Who Poison was it? He had the long blonde members. They all had long blonde hair. Yeah, uh, we, we can make that a trivia question. <laughs> See, oh, you got, I got it. CC Deville. No, I got the answer. CC Deville. Yeah, CC. CC. What was I saying? Dee Dee. I can't even remember the. <laughs> I should know CC. Those are my initials. CC Deville. Tina Marie that used to be married to the owner of, of uh, Video Exclusives. Her and I used to tag team him all the time. Nice. Video Exclusives. I remember in those guys, too. So I many know. memories. That God, you know. I know. And I, I have to, it's so hard for me to keep going in a straight line here because now, like, I want to get into Video Exclusives and some of the guys are associated with that. And then Gentleman's Video, you knew, you know, that was my first distributor. Uh, and so, so it was Michael Esposito and his son, Scott Esposito. I know you knew those guys. Uh, I knew Mike Esposito, but not his son. Well, he knew you. You were like, I don't know. He had a great story of, of having some, some kind of hookup with you that was, you know, is memorable for the rest of his life. And, and it's, it's awesome when you think about it, the impact that you had upon people, even the ones that you didn't <laughs> even the ones you didn't necessarily have sex with, but you made an impact on their life. But then there was people that just met you once or twice and maybe got to play around with you or whatever on a drunken night that you forget all about. But for them it, it may have made their life better forever, you know? Isn't that funny? I have no memory of his son. I remember Mike Esposito because I was dating his partner in the early 90s, Tommy Sinopoli. Yes. I don't remember his son. Isn't that weird? You know what, though? I have been with so many people. I hate, I hate to admit it. Well, I don't. I could care less, actually. I don't remember so many of them. There were too many. And on the, the subject of chuckle fuckers, um, you and I went to a comedy show <laughs> A few years back, there's a great picture of you and me and Mick Foley floating around the internet somewhere. And I, I know, just to be clear with everybody, no one has ever um, implied or said that Mick Foley and, and Christy Canyon had an affair because Mick is is married. And it, it's as far as I know, legitimately, you guys have never I agree. Um, had sex together. Nope. But there's a great story that that was shocking for a lot of people in that Mick Foley, who was at the time, like the world champion or one of the most famous wrestlers in the world stood in the middle of a PG 
WWF, it was called back then, or WWE ring, and talked about how you were his fantasy girl when he was he was younger. Was that a shocking <gasps> moment when he did that? Did you know that was going to happen? I didn't, and he wrote about me in his first autobiography. I mean, he made no bones about it that he was in lust with me. But he said that he'd watch films, videos, deep in the canyon, if you must know. And he said that that's when his first kid came along, I think, you know, like during, you know, during one of my scenes when he was with his wife. And his wife knew, knew his obsession, too. But, no, I have to tell you, I don't think that he has ever, ever been with anybody else besides his wife. I know he's friends with a lot of the girls. Uh, but, no, I don't think he let me put his my underwear once in his mouth. I think I made him take it off with his mouth. But, no, there was never, never anything like – and I, I put it around his head on the show. It was at Playboy with Nikki. And at the end of the show, he left, and he still had, him, you know, the, the undies on his head. And then – Something happened, and he had to pull over. He was helping somebody on the street that fell, and the cops came. And one of the cops said, sir, do you know that you have a pair of ladies' panties on here? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> How oh. classic is that? But he is just such a doll. In fact, about five months ago, Nikki Hunter and I went to see his show uh, oh, okay. in Pasadena. In mm-hmm. Pasadena somewhere. But he's just absolutely such a nice, nice guy. And I really don't think that he's ever, ever done anything. Uh, if he comes to Vegas, then I'm going to have to drag you out here so that we can all go see him again. All right, I'm going to put us into the last segment here. I, I always regret these are only 45-minute podcasts. I have so much more to, to reminisce with you about, but – we got to get to the really important stuff, which is what you're doing today, because you are still active as a performer. And that's great because, let's see, what's the right way to put this in the nicest way? Um, you still look fucking fantastic. Like, you still oh, look as hot you. today as you ever have. Not every performer from back during that era <laughs> has been able to maintain her beauty. It's not easy to do as one gets a little older. I myself am turning 50 in a few weeks, and I, oh I believe I still look like I'm 25. But oddly enough, <sighs> um, there are people that say I don't. You still look like you're, you're 25-ish, you are and you're still doing stuff today. You. Tell everybody about all these great things you're doing, Sex Panther, OnlyFans. Uh, you and I actually produced a bunch of great webcam shows together. What are you doing for oh, that the fans can interact I, with you I have personally to, now? I miss you being here for those shows. Can I just tell you off the bat, I miss you here directing them. There's not as much fun doing it on my own. But all the other stuff, yes, of course, radio every day. Um, and then my my website, which is um, christycanyon.com, and the OnlyFans. So I do them both because I post different pictures to different sites. Uh, love Sex Panther when I do it. I don't do it enough. Still do all the signings because I go there with Vivid Radio to all the shows. And then I do signings after. I pretty much still do everything except be in front of the camera for a production company. Yeah, until I talk you, you into know, it. Which is only a matter of time. <laughs> so let's break those I, down, though. So what happens with Sex Panther? People can text you or call you. Do you do calls on there? Or both. Just text, text okay. photos, phone calls, video clips. Because, you know, you get like little clips where they want you to say their name while you're doing something. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I love how technology has opened the door. I mean, it shut some doors for a lot of the companies. But for the performers, it's really opened up 
quite a few doors that I really, really love. Um, so I do that. Um, God, and really, I do everything except I still, you know, sell my like used lingerie on gingerlinauctions.com. Um, used, not used, but like photos or clothes that I've had for a while at ebay.com. You know what? You just got to get creative in this business. You just got to, you know, think of the next thing that you could do for fun. What's on your OnlyFans? Let me, I'm looking at your Twitter right now to see what you're putting on there. What are you doing on there? Oh, just photos. Dip, okay. I have so many great photos that I do different ones for there than I do on ChristyCanyon.com. Just different different sets. So that's OnlyFans.com slash ChristyCanyon11. Uh, yes. Her most recent update is from November 13th, which is yesterday. In my mouth and between my tits, but who is this mystery <laughs> fucker photo set? <laughs> so, I really don't remember who it is. I have no clue. No clue at all. So that part. Yeah, so you're just grabbing stuff that's in your phone or from back in the day and throwing it up there. But people are getting to see some new stuff of you as well on there, I take it. Yes. Yes. Like when I was in Jersey, my friend Dave from Ohio was there and we took, you know, great photos in my room to put up there, me alone, me with him, that kind of thing. So it's new, old, vintage, classic, brand new, yesterday, an hour ago, just everything. There's no rhyme or reason to what I feel like putting up there. Yeah. People don't realize necessarily that they can still... um they can still get some new stuff of you. I mean, they have so much, so many great memories of you from, from back then and they crave more and then they don't necessarily realize that they can get it. And Sex Panther is amazing. Cause if you think about back in, you know, the eighties when I had to basically stalk her at Caligula and wait in line <laughs> for 30 minutes to get her to sit on my lap for one second and say, hello, Glenn, <laughs> Which I somewhere I still have a picture of us together too from like nineteen. Oh my god! And, and I remember, I remember at that club, you had to if you wanted to sell a video, you had to put like clothing on, even if it was a robe, and sell it and exchange the video and the twenty dollars in the parking lot for some reason. <laughs> that would have been great. I have no idea what that rule was about, but I'll never forget. They'd be like, "Can I get a Polaroid, a you know, eight by ten, a poster in your video?" And they'd be like, "Okay." Let's do the first three, and then we got you. Let me get my robe on. I got to meet you in the parking lot outside. It was the weirdest law. I don't get it at all. That Dallas is a strange place. I, I, you know, I was it telling somebody is. the story about how sometime right around then, my my friends and I had this brilliant idea that we wanted to buy our own strip club, and you know, so we're, <laughs> there's like ten of us. We're gonna pool our money together and open our own strip club, and and then we realized that. It's Dallas is not necessarily a mob or organized crime town, but the strip club scene is definitely was definitely sort of um, what's the safe way to say this? You know, it was family business. It was family business. (laughs) And that's which is another thing I got to do is I got to get somebody on here to talk about the the mob's influence on the porn industry someday. But um, but yeah, so we found out you couldn't do that. You, You really couldn't just open a strip club. Not only did you have to get permission from the families out there and there was one guy that kind of ran it all, but there were. Uh, po- politicians as well that you would have had to get permission from if you know what I mean oh so, my god that's so crazy stuff. that's why when I said Caligula burned down and it was a very suspicious <laughs> yes. fire you know what I mean like 
Yes. It was very suspicious. Something, it wasn't very. just like, you know, the gas line. Blew. Oh, no, some, <laughs> you know, weird thing that I don't remember 25 years later. But I just remember thinking, that sounds very fishy. And the Y'all owners can... were Greek. Yeah. Yeah, they own that Greek restaurant across the street, I remember. Yeah. Y'all can Google that, yes. people that are, are wondering about this. It's Caligula 21 in Dallas, Texas. And, it burned. you know, there's a whole story about it burning down. Um, but my point again was that if you like, you can now get directly to her. So go, you know, you can just go to her Sex Panther and send Christy Canyon a text right now, and she'll answer. And I think that's pretty amazing. And I think it's also amazing that you can join a website and send her direct messages. Do you, you answer your own direct messages on OnlyFans? Oh, a hundred percent. And sometimes people like sometimes people will sex panther me and text sex me. Well, how do I know it's really you? I'm like, because you can call me right now, and yeah. it will be my voice that picks up. You want me to take a picture, you know, in a weird way? What do you want me to send you to prove it? Or you can call me on Vivid Radio, and I will read you with your permission every sex, you know, that you send to me on Sex Panther. So that's the thing, you know, sometimes, and then they'll always call, well, I can't believe it's really you. I thought it was an assistant. And, you know, for all my years in the business, Glenn, I have never had an assistant. I brought a guy on the road with me as a roadie, bodyguard, that kind of thing, take my photos, this, that. But I've never had an assistant. I've always been a one-man, one-woman show. That's pretty amazing, actually. That's really amazing. Well, I guess we're about out of time, and I'm bummed. So I guess we're going to call this part one of Christy Canyon interview, yes, and then beg you absolutely. to come back in a few months anytime, here. Anytime, anytime. I got to get going too, but anytime you want, Glenn. I love you so so much. Love you too. Uh, I know. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. We're going to try to hook up soon, so we'll we'll talk about that off the air. Um, But I look forward to seeing you pretty soon then. You too. I love you, Glenn. And it was fun talking to you, friend. (laughs) <laughs> thank you very much Tim, Tim, we didn't get a, Tim didn't get a word in this time but that's okay, that's okay. Talk one was the two of you I figured I'll just step back and let it roll oh, alright so we'll let you go history there okay you are adorable Glenn I love you I'll talk to you very soon talk to you soon thank you so much for coming on Glenn and I will be right back after this welcome back everybody to Let's Talk Adult you know if you are not yet one of the over 10,000 people who have taken the opportunity to subscribe to our podcast, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, we sure do make it easy. You can go to the iTunes store because we are very proud to be part of the Apple Podcast family. You can find us on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and any number of places. All you have to do is search Let's Talk Adult. That's Let's Talk Adult with. Glenn King and Jim Williams, hit the favorite button or the subscribe button, and we will be delivered to your phone or to your tablet or to both each week with a brand new episode of the podcast. Okay. So please go out and do that today. We greatly, greatly appreciate it if you would. All right. So now to Mr. King for your thoughts of the week. And this week's quote, I always like to give people a quote. 
comes to us from the great Christy Canyon, who wrote a book called Lights, Camera, Sex. She said something in there like, porn is what I do. It's not who I am. So think about that a second, people. Um, you know, she's very proud of what she's done for a living, but she hasn't let it define her as a person. She has a normal life. She does what she wants. And she doesn't let any one part of her life define her. And that's what everyone could do. You, me, them. We can all be to, to uh, we can all be together in certain areas and that we all want to be good people. And no matter what we do for a living and what we do uh, that we have to do, we can define ourselves. So be a good person. Just define yourself by doing something kind tomorrow or the next day when you see an opportunity to help a fellow person out, even if it's just holding the door for somebody who's struggling to carry a couple bags of groceries. In fact, grab one of the bags of groceries or, with their permission and, uh, <laughs> and help yeah. them out with it. And again, I remind you to check out our new sponsor, BlueTube at BlueTube.com. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Use our promo code ADULTS to get your first shipment for free. You just pay $5 shipping. And again, you're getting uh, the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis at a very, very affordable price. So go check it out. Um, if you need that information again, go look at our show box. Uh, it's BlueChew.com promo code adult. And I will remind you as well that if you are listening to this podcast right now, you got to subscribe. Do us that little favor there. Click the subscribe button and also review and rate the podcast. Go in there. We have two reviews so far on iTunes. Both people said that we're like podcasting gods of some sort. That's the kind of reviews that I want to keep seeing on there. So, so get on it, people. Okay, everybody. Thanks very much. See you next time. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five-cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.